0: And if you have your Bibles with you today, we're going to begin out of Matthew chapter 14, so you can turn to there, Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to read verses 22 through 33. This is the story of when Jesus walks on the water. Anybody heard that one before? Okay, it's always good when you start out there as a pastor. You know everybody's heard this story, right? So this is the story when Jesus walks on the water, but I actually want to kind of come at this today from a little different vantage point. You'll see what I mean in a a few minutes here, but let's, let's begin by reading the verses 22 through 33. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away... And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, "Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid." And Peter answered him and said, "Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water." And so he said, "Come." And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus, to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Lord, just we ask that your spirit would be uh, powerful here this morning, that I ask you to speak through me, God, to just use me as a vessel to communicate your truth, your word, to bring forth transformation in people's lives today. We know that your word does that, and we ask that you would just increase here in this place. God, I ask that I would just decrease what you increase, and use me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the part of this that I want to kind of focus on today is how Peter takes An amazing risk to seize a God opportunity. You know, we're all going to come to these places in our lives where we're going to have, I just kind of use this term, God opportunities that open up to us. And we're going to have a choice when those God opportunities present themselves on whether we seize them or whether we let them pass by. And ultimately, whenever we see the opportunity to seize a God opportunity, I think it's important that we understand and that we know that there is always going to be a great deal of risk associated with that that we're going to have to take. How many people know that without taking risk, it's impossible to ever really truly experience success, right? You have to be willing to take risk. And a lot of times people will want to sort of recline back into boxes of comfort, of safety, and to just know that everything is safe and okay. I want to try to protect my safe space. I don't ever want to get out at a point where I risk losing this safeness that I think That I have. It's actually kind of a a sickness, if you will, that we find when we're living the Christian life that we pull back or that we step back and avoid any kind of risks that would be out there, uh, especially whenever those risks are associated with God opportunities that present themselves to us. Now, I'm not suggesting to you that we run out there and jump off every cliff in everything that opens up to us. That would not be wisdom. That would probably be carelessness, right? So wisdom versus carelessness is an important thing to discern and to understand that we need in these kinds of situations. In business, there's a term that's called calculated risks. How many people have heard of that before? It says, you know you're going to take a risk, You know you're going to step out of the boat. You know you're going to venture into uncharted territory. But you weigh out the situation as much as possible. You try to understand the pros and cons. And at the end of the day, you can't really be positive. You can only be as sure as you can be. And once you've determined that the risk is worth the reward, even though you may still fail, you choose to do it anyway because it's worth it. And you know that you're never going to really be able to succeed unless you're really willing to fail if you're wrong. Does that make sense? And so Peter, he's kind of in this interesting situation here where this God opportunity opens up to him, and he recognizes that he has a chance to move toward Jesus in the direction of Jesus. Jesus is walking on water, And he decides that he is going to step out of the boat. He's going to do something he's never done before. He's going to take a pretty serious risk. I'm going to talk to you about why there's so much risk here associated with what he's doing. And he steps out and he actually ends up walking on water. Now, a lot of times when you hear this story, or if you're like me, you've maybe even thought of it from this perspective before, you think about Peter as the guy who got out of the boat and fell in the water, who didn't believe, and he fell. But it's interesting. Peter's actually the only guy, the only person that's ever walked the face of the earth outside of Jesus that we're aware of that has walked on water. Have you thought of that before? That he actually walked on water. Yes, he fell. But he walked on water. And I was thinking about this. Some, you know, it's like, I'm not so sure it's Peter getting out of the boat and, and taking that chance so much that hits me. Or if it's the fact that the other 11 never did. Wow. See, there were 12 in the boat. 12 that were in this moment, in this situation Where a real divine opportunity opened up and and Peter is the one who moved forward with a boldness and with a faith that actually eventually led to him walking on water with Jesus and none of the eleven ever did. I'm not sure of this because the scriptures don't say it, so this is purely conjecture. But I wonder if the other eleven thought many times after that in the weeks and the months and years ahead. Man, I should have got out of the boat. I should have got out of the boat, too. I wonder. I'm not sure, but I wonder. So let's take a look at this. Let's, let's kind of break this down. The first thing that we see, and this is in verse 24. It's, and by the way, this happens right after Jesus feeds the 5,000 people. So he does the miracle where he multiplies the five loaves and the two fish, feeds the 5,000. Right after that's done, it says immediately he had the disciples get into the boat. He went up into the, uh, to be alone and to pray, and then they headed across the sea. He said, he'll meet you there. They had to be thinking, I wonder how he's going to get there, right? So they head over in the boat... And they get about halfway across the the water and all of this, uh, the storm starts to brew and everything starts to happen. That's when this scene takes place. But in verse 24, it says, The boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, let's paint a picture here for a second at what all of this looks like and what all of this means. The first thing it says is, is that they were tossed. To be tossed means to actually be attacked or to have pain or to have toil. So there's actually like an attack that's coming against them. In this case, it's the waves and the storms and the wind and everything else. But here's the point that I draw out of it. Almost undoubtedly... When we're about to step into a God opportunity or pre- be presented with a God opportunity, we will likely be faced with other circumstances that will attack us and come against us to try to discourage us and get us in a different posture so that we're less likely to be bold and strong and seize that God opportunity. So if you're in that situation right now where you feel like you are kind of being attacked, I would just say, be cheerful. There's a great possibility that something significant is about ready to present itself and open up to you that may look just like a God opportunity when it does. Don't let the, t- the tossing of the waves that are coming against you discourage you, and certainly don't let it cloud your vision to be looking for and intent to see what God might actually begin to open up in the middle of that storm. Amen? So another thing it says here is it talks about the waves, and the, the word waves is a little bit deeper of a meaning here in the Greek. It means waves that are billowing. Essentially, we know that as a white cap wave. Has anybody ever been in a situation where you had white caps around you? It's a little scary, isn't it? I mean, it's not like, oh, the boat's rocking. I mean, white cap waves, like, they can take you out. They can capsize a boat. They can destroy the boat. I remember one time when we were at the Lake of the Ozarks and we had this pontoon boat, grandpa's old pontoon. And we were driving up kind of t- closer toward the dam on a holiday weekend not a good idea anymore. Those boats are gigantic. There's ocean vessels at Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, but we're driving up there, and we come into this point where the waves, I mean, literally, are if you were standing there, they'd be over your head. And these boats are passing by, and it's just like, it's just crashing against the pontoon. And everybody's kind of getting a little nervous, you know. And then all of a sudden, this giant wave hits. and I mean, it literally comes over the whole top of the boat. And just floods in. Everything fills up with water. Stuff's floating. Coolers and everything else are floating. Kids are floating along in the boat. I was a little younger, and I'll never forget mom yells, Everybody jump out of the boat! You know, we're kind of all in a panic, so I mean, we all get up and get ready to jump. And Dad's like, No, don't jump out of the boat. They're pontoons, they're filled with air, it will float. <laughs> and so, you're in this dilemma do I listen to mom? Do I listen to dad? Honor they father and their mother. I'm, I'm confused, Lord. Okay, <laughs> so we all just froze for a second. And then, sure enough, the water just kind of dissipated and the pontoons elevated again. And it was a, it was a pretty crazy traumatic experience, you know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, my point was, yeah, white cap waves are pretty bad. And it also says that the wind was contrary, which means to intensify and to be set against. So it's, to me, very clear that as we move forward in our purpose and in our destiny, that there's absolutely going to consistently be an opposition. It's not like it's ever just going to be a clear lane, opened up, easy travels, smooth sailing, no problem with opposition. You're just going to walk right into God opportunities one after another. Sounds pretty good. It's probably not better for us. God knows that. And so there are these things that he allows that are oppositions that happen that kind of come against us, attack against us, that really are more than anything, we can't allow them to cloud our vision and cloud our judgment to miss or not recognize a God opportunity when it does open up. Does that make sense? So the winds and the waves were really contrary to them. We, we know Peter ends up walking on the water, but you got you to recognize here he doesn't just look at the saying, okay, I'm going to step out of the boat and walk on water. Like He's getting ready to step out of the boat and walk on water when the waves are vehement. They are attacking. They're crashing. It's more than just stepping out of a boat on nice, calm water that looks like glass. He's stepping out of a boat and taking a risk when everything looks more intensified, more difficult, and more of a struggle. See, the risk is a risk in itself, but a lot of times the opposition that's around it is going to make the stakes seem even higher. It's going to make it seem even more unlikely. But I got to tell you that every God opportunity that will present itself to you in most every case will really be counterintuitive to what your mind can think or reason. You don't really reason God opportunities. The risk doesn't just evaporate out of the situation. The risk is always going to be there. It's in the moments where we see and we recognize and we seize the opportunity and stay focused on God that we can begin to move forward in spite of the risk or the waves and the crashing that's happening around us. The next thing that we see here is that Jesus begins to come walking in It says Jesus is walking on the water. They see him. They get afraid. They think he's a ghost. You'd probably freak out if you saw somebody walking across the sea on water at night too, right? I think I thought about that a lot. I'm like, why were they afraid? And then I thought about it. I'm like, I probably would freak out if I was in a storm and I looked out there and somebody was just walking across the water until you really notice, oh, wait, that's Jesus. Okay. So Jesus says, be of good cheer, it is I. And I thought a lot about this. I'm like, that's an interesting response. You know? So I kind of looked it up and see what, what he was really saying. Be of good cheer. It is I. And that phrase means, when he says be of good cheer, he says it means to be emboldened in your faith from within. To be sparked. To be fired up. To be strengthened inside in your faith. So here's here's what we begin to see, is that in the midst of a storm, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of challenges, if we will look around, I promise you, if you will look, you will always see Jesus somewhere in your situation. And when you see Jesus there in your situation, when you recognize, holy cow, yes, God is on the scene. He's here, He's present, you will be emboldened in your faith, you will be strengthened, and it will produce in you the faith necessary to begin to move forward and to step forward into the God opportunity that is presenting itself to you. But I got to be honest with you, if I was in a storm and in a situation and I couldn't see Jesus anywhere, I wasn't looking for him in my scene, in my situation, I don't know that I would be emboldened and strengthened in my faith with what I was going through or what I was facing. It's only when I see Jesus present, never leaving me or forsaking me, always be there, being there to guard me and protect me and open doors for me and to sustain me. It's only when I see him in the scene and in the situation that I feel my faith start to rise, that I begin to see the waves contrary to the situation, but I recognize that I can actually keep walking and stepping forward despite the crashing of what's happening around me. Step back in your scene, in your situation, whatever it is for you right now. Take a look around. Survey the landscape and ask yourself, where is God in this? And I promise you, if you begin to look intently, you will see the hand of God. You will see Jesus in the situation, ever present with you, an ever present source of strength in any trial or storm that you're facing. Amen? So it says that, he said, be of good cheer, it is I. And then next it says, Peter asked Jesus to, lead, to have him step out of the boat. He said, Lord, if it's you, say, say to me, come. Say to me, come. And, and Jesus says, come. When we can only be as certain as we can be in the direction that God would lead us to, into the God opportunities that will present themselves to us, it is always critical, that we seek the wisdom of God to hear the word of the Lord in our situation to lead us, to invite us, and to go. You see, calculated risks weigh out a lot of factors, especially in business and other situations, a lot of things that are surveyed and evaluated. In walking out a purpose-driven life, ultimately, the paramount factor that leads and guides us Is Are we hearing the voice of the Lord as clear as we can, leading and guiding and directing our steps? That is really the primary factor that we look at whenever we try to determine which direction I'm going to go. Is God really leading me into something new, into something big, despite all the risk that might be associated with it? And Jesus, he says to Peter, he says, very simple, come, one word. That's all he says. He doesn't give a big breakdown. He doesn't roll out a blueprint. He doesn't say, here's what's going to happen. Here's how it's all going to go. He just says, come. And I think a lot of times, guys, when we face opportunities that we sense in our spirit, I think this is God. He's been speaking to me. I'm really believing that he's been working on me in this thing. And then we want to go forward and we say, God, is this really you? We ask 25,000 times to God, is this you and should I go, and then we're looking for a full book of explanation into how it's supposed to work. Anybody else done that? And then you step back. You say, whoa, i got to wait till I get my book. Got to wait till I hear 25,000 times. Yes, go. Jesus says one word. He says, come. And I really believe in so many situations that we're going to face in our life, it's going to be that simple. It's going to be that basic. God's just going to say, come. And will the word of the Lord, will the voice of God, will that still small voice that you hear, send when God says, yes, go, yes, come. That word come in Greek means to come or go. So he's sending, he's inviting, he's, right? He says, when he says that, will that be enough for you, for I, to step out of the boat in the midst of a storm into area we've never been? The word of the Lord, it should sustain us. It should be all that we need to take that risk and to move forward and say, I believe with everything that I can, as sure as I can possibly be in this human body, this flesh, that this is God, and I'm going to step out, and I'm going to take this risk for him. Then he continues on after Peter steps out of the boat, and you know, he didn't have any experience in water walking, right? I mean, he hadn't been to school for it. He hadn't taken classes on it. He hadn't wrote a dissertation on how it's supposed to go. I mean, this is actually something that never even probably occurred to his natural mind before. But all of a sudden, here in this moment, here is this opportunity, and, and Peter he hears the Lord say, come. He hears the Lord say, invite him to go. And he just, all of that other stuff begins to not matter anymore. And he steps out. He takes this risk. He steps out of the boat. And then he begins to actually walk on water. None of the 11 did, but Peter did. And when he got out there, we know that it says that the waves were boisterous and they were crashing all around him but he was walking on water for a moment he was actually doing performing a supernatural thing and it wasn't really him it was god that was supernaturally holding him up and i think this is a real powerful picture you know sometimes you get an, an exclamation point on something and when we step out into god opportunities realistically, folks, there is nothing in us that actually can hold us up on that water. Peter has no ability to walk on water. There is nothing. He can't make his mind do it. He can't will it. He can't like f- have some scientific discovery that's going to allow him to position himself properly. It's impossible. The only reason he's walking on water is because Jesus is sustaining and holding him up while he's out there. And really, when we step into the greater things that God has for us, that's why I like the big things a lot of times, because it really just breaks it right down to the fact you recognize even more than in sometimes, you know, the things that you think you could do in your own strength, these things that you know you could never do, that only God could, then in those moments you choose, step out of the boat And start walking and know that you're never going to be able to do anything God has prepared and planned for you. The great and mighty things apart from him holding you up, sustaining you and strengthening you along the way. It's a great place to be in, to recognize our own weakness and insufficiencies because it allows us to focus on the fact that we have all sufficiency in Christ Jesus for all the good works that he has prepared beforehand that we should walk in. Amen? So he's walking on water, and he's doing it, man. He's making it, and then all of a sudden, he sees these waves that are boisterous that are coming against him and attacking him, and he makes the mistake of turning and focusing on the attack, on the opposition, giving that his full attention. He takes his eyes off of Jesus, and then he says he began to sink. It's it's interesting that the same faith that gets him out of the boat... The same faith that keeps him actually walking on water, I submit to you, is the same faith that could have sustained him while he would have been out there for the entire time. But his faith was challenged, it was attacked, and he began to focus more on the opposition and on the attack, and he lost sight of the source of why he was out there to begin with. And that happens to us all the time, doesn't it? We get out there, I heard God, I'm going to do it. We step out, and then all of a sudden, hey, the waves don't just stop when you get out there. It's not like they're there attacking you before you go, and then they end when you do step out. He steps out, and the waves are still coming, and the waves are still crashing. He's out there walking on water, in the state, and he's got this faith to get out there and do it. But then all of a sudden, he looks over, he sees these waves they come against him, and he begins to sink. He takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he begins to sink. And then Jesus says, it says there that Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him and pulled him up. How many times... When we take that step, when we move out there, this is God, and now we're going to have to walk it out, Uh, the season still has to unfold, how many times once we get there do we start second-guessing ourselves? Isn't that true? You think, man, I know this is God, I'm going to step out, I'm going to do it, and then a couple weeks in, you're like, I don't know, (laughs) really, did I hear God? You know, you start, oh, look at all this, this is difficult, oh, man, this this is tough, you start focusing on all these things and you're like, sometimes it's good to just go back to the first time we heard the word, come, go, and don't second guess what you were already certain about to begin with before. I think many times that's really the enemy of our faith because our faith is continued. It has to sustain. It has to continue. The Bible says is that we walk from faith to faith right? You, don't, you have faith to go, but you have to keep your faith up to sustain whatever it is that God has for you and continuing to move forward and walk in that. Thank you. Amen. All right. And he says, so Jesus stretches. So, so Peter sinks. He falls. And then Jesus stretches out his hand and he saves him. I love this. I love this. You think, oh, Peter, you should have believed. Really? What this tells me is that if you're willing to step out of the boat and take a risk for God because you know that he told you to go, God in his mercy and in his wisdom and in just his goodness, when we mess up, when we struggle or slip in our faith, he will be right there to pull you up. Peter was never going To drown. He was never going to get taken out because Jesus was right there, ready to save him at the moment, at the instant that his faith began to waver. Is that powerful or what? See, sometimes we think I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to take this chance. I'm going to start this business, or I'm going to change careers, or I'm going to move into this new home. I'm going to start serving in this new ministry that I'm passionate about. I'm going to start a. We're going to start a family, or we're going to get married, and we're going to move forward into this relationship. Whatever it is, all of these things. That God perhaps will open up these opportunities for us to do. We have to know that if you walk with God, if you take those steps and you take those risks, you're never going to walk it out perfectly. No man ever has. But the Jesus that called you to that life is the Jesus that will be with you every step. And if you falter, if you slip, he will be there to save you and to grab you and to pull you back up right out of the the storm or the wave that you might have been slipping into. I love that. I love that. I don't ever have to worry about Jesus not being there to take care of me. That part is settled. There's no, never going to be a situation where I turn around and Jesus is gone and he's missing and I'm all out on my own and now I'm in trouble and I may get taken out. That's never going to happen, but sometimes we think that it will. we got to know that that's not the case according to the word. He'll never, be, he'll never leave us or forsake us. And if we'll walk with him, if we'll take those bold risks for God and be as sure as we can, we're stepping out in a place that he's called us to, even if we mess up. If we mis- make mistakes, God will be there to grab us and help us and pull us up and save us and keep us moving forward in the destiny that he has for us. Do you love that part of the story? I think that's just fantastic. And it says that that Jesus begins to, um, he, he kind of challenges Peter's faith after that. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And so you see this thing where Jesus is kind of like, uh, uh, he kind of gut shot in Peter a little bit. Hey, man, I picked you up, but, uh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? You know, Jesus did that a few times through the New Testament where he kind of challenged people's faith, you have little faith. And I, and I think in this situation, what's really interesting that, that he does this, I believe it's because I think Jesus was like, hey, man, you already heard me tell you to go. Hey, Peter, like, you heard me say Come. You already heard me speak. I don't have to repeat it. I should have. I spoke it. You should have heard it. Like your faith didn't sustain. It didn't continue through that. So I don't think he, Jesus was condemning Peter obviously in any way. He wasn't slamming him. I think he was challenging him. I think he was saying, "Look, you." I, I don't know what all that conversation looked like on the way back to the boat, but I'm quite convinced that there was a part of Jesus that was proud of Peter for taking the steps that he did and for actually walking on water. While the other 11 stood in the boat and sat and never moved. And, but, I, but Jesus will always do this when, we, when, when our faith falters or when we struggle. He'll pick us up. He'll save us. He'll keep us going forward. But he will challenge us to continue to grow in our faith. He will challenge us to continue to come up to new places because the challenges that are yet ahead will require a growth of faith that we are yet to undergo. He's going to say, come on, keep going. Come on, keep on moving. Keep stepping forward into this thing. And I think a lot about why do we so many times shy away or or retract back from stepping into these God opportunities, taking these significant risks that are ahead of us to go lay hold of our divine destiny. And you know what I'm convinced is one of the greatest detriments to that is because we are so concerned with how we might look to other people if we fail. We're concerned that we might look foolish or that we might look silly or what might be said if we take a big risk and it doesn't work out. I started if I start that business but what if it fails? If I change careers but what if it doesn't work out? If I move to this new community, but it ends up not, right? We think about what are people going to think if we make these big decisions because people see what we're doing in our lives. And then we think too much about, well, what if we look foolish? What will happen? And then we begin to kind of retract back and we want to stay in our place of safety and in our place of comfort. And then we just kind of avoid the opportunity. We begin to make all of the excuses and everything that we want to to sort of justify that after that. But listen, Jesus was a nonconformist from day one. He wasn't interested in conforming to what popular culture thought was proper. And it's really Great when you look at the Bible's definition of what a fool is. See, the world's definition of foolishness and the Bible's definition of foolishness are quite different. In the world's definition of foolishness, we would be more concerned about what other people think of us and what other people would say about us and how that would affect everything in our life. The Bible's definition of foolishness simply means to go in the opposite direction of the way the Lord would have you to go, to walk outside the will of God willfully and intentionally and walk in a direction once you've heard and once you've seen and walk in a direction away from what God is saying to you. That's the Bible's definition of fool. So when we look at Peter stepping out of the boat and then slipping and sinking, can we really say that he looked foolish? I think not. I think not. He took a chance. He took a risk. He stepped out, and he walked on Water, And he wasn't worried about if I get out there and I don't do it or it doesn't work, what are every? what are the rest of the, you know, they're just going to be, they're going to love, they're going to really ream me for the next couple of weeks. They're going to really love this. They're going to really lay into me over this if I get out there and I fall. But a lot of people would worry about that. You get this crazy notion, guys, that we get so concerned with what other people think that we avoid taking risks for God, and I just got to tell you, we got to get set free from that we got to get set out from, set, I mean, Jesus came to set the captives free. This is one of the biggest things we need to get set free from, is being too concerned and too worried about what everybody else and everything around us will think or say if we take a risk and a chance for God and step out there, and perhaps it doesn't work out exactly like we're hoping it will. you got to let go of that stuff. you got to let God be your central aim and focus with your vision and what you're laying your eyes upon. And Jesus, and Peter gets out there, and he's going straight to Jesus. He doesn't step out of the boat to try to be boastful. He's not interested in trying to get a notch on his spiritual resume. He's just interested in getting out and going to Jesus. He just wants to go where Jesus is. That's what's driving this divine impulse. That's what's motivating this huge God-risk opportunity. And if we want to move toward Jesus, we want to go toward the things that he has for us in our lives, a lot of times we're going to have to be willing to risk knowing that the world around us or people around us might have things to say that would be contrary, but it's worth the risk that we're taking because a God opportunity is on the other side. Amen? And lastly... There is uh, a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1. And it says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Cast your bread upon the waters. In the times that they were in, in that scripture, a lot of situations would come up where people would put their grain on ships and send it across the sea in hopes that a return and a profit would return back to them. But obviously, once that ship left the harbor, there was always a degree of risk associated with whether that would return back to them or not. And I believe, guys, we can only be as sure as we can at any given time. If you spend time in prayer, if you spend regular time with the Lord, getting to know Him, you will begin to hear His voice more clearly. But there will always be an element of risk that we have to get beyond in order to truly step into and seize the God opportunities that are in front of us that lie as a part of our overall destiny and plan. And we have to be willing. it says, cast your bread upon the waters. Look, scatter your seed, folks. Throw your seed out there. Get moving. Get going. Get stepping. And doing something for God. If you feel a divine impulse, if you feel God's leading you in a direction, who cares what everybody else thinks? Step out. What's the worst that can happen to you? You lose everything. Maybe you, you, you have to start over In the big scheme of things, wouldn't you rather get out there and try to lay hold of an opportunity for God, even if it doesn't work out, than to look back and think at the end of your life that you never actually took one chance? See, there's two kinds of regrets that we can have in our lives. There's the regrets that we experience when we make mistakes, when we realize, I jacked that up. Boy, I shouldn't have done that. I really messed up. And we regret that, and properly so, because we have ailed or we have missed the mark in something that we were supposed to do. That's one kind of regret. But the other kind of regret that we have as people is the regret of the opportunities that we never actually seized, that we never actually tried to step into. Are you with me? I don't want that to ever be a part of the way, when I look back on my life, to think I would rather have tried to seize every God opportunity along the way and maybe missed a couple of times but hit on the ones that were really God and were really big than to look back and know that I always just played it safe and stayed in my box of conformity and I just protected every little thing I could along the way, that false notion that we're keeping ourselves safe and never really moved into the big things that God has for me. Stand to your feet with me today. What does stepping out of the boat look like to you in your life right now? I want you to think about that. What is the next move? What is the thing? And I would be willing to say, I'd be quite certain that there are many people here right now that you've already heard God say go or say come, but you're still analyzing the situation and weighing out all the risks. In your heart of hearts, I think you already know God has spoken. He's already breathed life into this thing for you. And I just want to encourage you today. If that's the case, you need to go. You need to step, and you need to move. And guess what? You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't even have to know how he's going to do it. Because when you step out on the boat... You have no idea how in the world that water is holding your foot up. But once you first put your foot on there and you're standing, you just know that it is and that it's God. And for those of us who are just starting to walk with God and just getting to know him and moving into our purpose and destiny, I want to encourage you that ahead of you lies incredible things. God-sized opportunities that will absolutely conflict with what the natural mind can perceive and reason. There will be attacks, there will be waves that will come against you that will try to stifle you recognizing that God is in the equation and that he has something big that he's inviting you to step into. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Keep your gaze fixed upon him. Allow him to be the source of, to to be the focus of what your vision is aimed at and to know that you'll never do incredible things apart from him anyway. If you stay focused on him and you keep walking in that direction, he'll invite you out of the boat. He'll call you into great things. And when you step out, if you keep focused on him and keep moving, he will sustain you every single step of the way. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God that you have great and mighty things planned for us. I thank you, Lord, that you are not a God of cultural conformity. I thank you, Lord, that this life you've called us to is an adventurous one. It's an exhilarating one. It's not a safe little place of comfort, a little place of non-risk that we step into because what really would that be? I thank you, God, that you have an adventure, an exhilarating life planned for us that will lead us into times where we may walk on water or do incredible things that are impossible apart from you. Help us to know, hear, and recognize your voice as clearly as we possibly can. As we draw close to you, God, out of our own free will to pursue you, we know that you will draw close to us. And in those places of familiarity with you as our friend, as our Savior, I know that your voice and that your calling will become more clear and more distinct to us in our spirit man. I ask for an uprising of that. I ask for a greater sensitivity to that in this place and for this people. In Jesus' name today. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. May you have an awesome day. May the favor of God go with you everywhere you go. May his countenance rest upon you. May everything that you put your hand to do prosper. And may you step into great places, though risk may be present, where God will pull you up, hold you up, and keep you into a destiny that he has planned for you. Have an awesome day. Don't be in a hurry to get out of here. You talk with some folks, visit with some folks. And let me say this. I-, I wanted to mention, if you ever need or you're in a place where you need prayer, you know, God, man, he'll pull on you in, in, in times like this. And, and a lot of times we'll have prayer moments at the end of service. But, but listen, if there's ever a time after a service concludes and you're like, I need prayer, God's moving in me, I, it's like you feel this building inside, I would encourage you, come up here and talk to me, talk to Katie, talk to some of our other leaders and just go straight to them and say, hey, will you pray with me? And, and allow the Lord to maybe finish or complete or keep on going with whatever the work that he's doing in you through what he began in this service was. Amen.